Hey friends, this is episode 24 of Faith, Fitness, Joy, the connection between health and inner healing. Until recently, I was oblivious to the connection between unhealed past trauma, hurts, and health. As I've learned more, I've been amazed at how this, how little this seems to be discussed, or perhaps I just haven't ever found my way to it. I have found discovering this and working on my own inner healing has helped me in numerous ways, including my weight loss and overall health. So I want to share this with you in today's episode. So if you're ready to discover what may be at the root of some things for you in your own health journey, then join me in today's episode of Faith, Fitness, Joy. This is Faith, Fitness, Joy, and I am Rochelle Weiss. Does losing weight or getting fit and healthy seem hopeless? Do you struggle with how to get started? Maybe you're tired of being on the diet and fitness roller coaster or sometimes feel overwhelmed, depressed like you have somehow lost yourself in the busyness of motherhood, work, and life? Do you want to have more energy and feel more connected and happy? Do you seek a deeper connection to God? Faith, Fitness, Joy is all about achieving full health. It is about health of the body, mind, and soul for Christian moms. If you are ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, feel better, healthier, and happier, while also strengthening and deepening your connection to God, then this is the podcast for you. All right, welcome to episode 24 of Faith, Fitness, Joy. So the concept of inner healing may be foreign to you. I know it was to me for a long time, um, until probably about a year ago. I'd heard the term, but beyond that, it didn't really have a good understanding of what it meant or what it was or what it involved. If the concept of inner healing is the same for you, then you may be even less aware of how it affects our health. So today... I am going to go over what inner healing is, the health impacts of unhealed past traumas and hurts, and how self-healing can improve your overall health. So up until recently, my health journey has consisted primarily of physical health and mindset and mental health related practices. Well, I also have been working on my spiritual health over the years, I hadn't ever approached inner healing, at least not in the way that I've come to learn about it in the past year. So when I talk about health or whole health, I'm referring to your entire being, right? Your mind, your physical body, and your soul. We are not just our physical body. Our mind and our soul are also components of our being, and they require just as much care and attention as the physical body does. These are the three pillars of us and our health, if you will. And they're also the three pillars of my work around whole health. Before getting into how inner healing is connected to our health, I want to lay a bit of a foundation because I think it will be helpful going into that more of the meat of this later. So whole health and healthy habits fall into the same three pillars I mentioned a moment ago. First, there's our soul or spirit. We are an energy body. We're a light body inside of a physical body. Our soul is a part of God. It is our direct connection to God. Connecting to our soul is connecting to God because God is within us. So the soul or spirit part of us is also where Things like forgiveness, emotions, feelings, memories, and our conscious and subconscious minds resides, um, as well as our conscience. 
Second is the mental part of us, our mind. This is where our attitudes, beliefs, thoughts, inner dialogue, and how we speak to ourselves occurs. And then third, of course, the physical body. And we take care of this through things like how we eat, good hydration, and exercise um, are all kind of parts of caring for our body. So in this podcast, as well as in my blog, I talk a lot about ways that we can improve our health, what we can do in our lives and our daily routines to take care of these parts of ourselves. This falls into practices around improving our mindset, like how we talk to ourselves and being aware of our thoughts and our inner dialogue. Things like, you know, are you lifting yourself up or treating yourself, tearing yourself down with how you are talking to yourself? Are your thoughts full of doubts? Do you spend mental energy worrying, playing the negative what if game, Um, keeping in mind that what you think is what you believe and ultimately what you become. Thoughts absolutely become our reality. And because your subconscious mind, um, it just knows it's receiving the information in the form of your thoughts and the form of the things that you say verbally. It doesn't know the difference between a good thought or a bad thought. There's no discernment happening in the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind just takes the thoughts that you're giving it most of the time as orders, and it's going to try and make them true. So this will come through your behavior. It's going to come through your day-to-day, your mood, your perception, and you don't even realize it's happening. Um, The next is your physical health, of course. So you can improve your health through exercise and properly fueling your body, hydrating it with water. Um, But Also, just to remind you that your body is the temple of your soul. So you want to treat it accordingly. And it's important to um, keep your focus from being solely on the aesthetics. And remember that this is the temple of your soul and your soul is a part of God. So it's in essence where God lives. Um, And then last, of course, is the spiritual health part of your practice and your your self-care and you take care of this through things like meditation, prayer, connecting to God, doing self-healing work and energy healing. So now that we've kind of got this basic foundation of these core components and practices, um, what I think of as whole health, let's get into health and inner healing are connected. Okay, so first, what is inner healing? Uh, what do I mean when I say that? It is essentially the process of healing past trauma, hurts, and other events in your past that you were not equipped to process emotionally when they occurred. They can leave an imprint that your brain and ego don't really know how to handle, which later turn into various behaviors, conditions, and so on that really at their core, they serve to protect you. Trauma includes a range of things along a spectrum of severity. Now, I know for me, when I first started learning about this and I heard the word trauma, I thought, oh, well, I don't have that. Because in my mind, that word was limited to, you know, these really kind of extreme examples of, you know, really violent experiences, uh, physical abuse between parents, witnessing violence as a child, being violently abused, um, those kinds of things. However, trauma is not really limited to these extremes. That's not to dismiss these types of events or traumas, uh, but it's important to clarify this because I learned that I had actually experienced trauma and I have trauma to heal and things that I had not processed uh, well or that I was not equipped to deal with at the time that they occurred that um, have very much affected me later in life. 
So trauma also includes the less severe experiences, um, which can be things that had a deep emotional impact on you. This can be betrayal where someone you're supposed to be able to trust betrays you and that really hurt you and left a significant mark on you. Abandonment is another example. Like if one of your parents leaves or your parents get divorced and you don't see one of them as often or something like that, or you could have just felt abandoned, um, feeling unloved, maybe not getting what you needed emotionally as a child. It is, um, things that left an imprint on you. So it's just becoming more aware of that so that these experiences or events that you went through that were just sort of beyond your uh, kind of capacity to process at the time that they occurred. Um, and there are things that involve emotions that you just didn't have the bandwidth or weren't weren't emotionally or, or um, at a mature enough level to really understand or deal with them. So that brings me to adverse childhood experiences, often referred to as ACEs. Uh, these are lots, there are lots of great resources um, available on um, adverse childhood experiences. You can search online and find a number of um, you know, websites and free quizzes if you want to ch check out and see where you are, what your score might be. Um, it's really helpful because it brings awareness to whether you have trauma or past hurts that you may need to heal um, and you might not be aware of them. And it also gives you an idea of maybe the level that you're at um, based on what you've experienced and potentially what you might want to focus on for your own inner healing. So I've taken the ACE quiz myself and I have a score of six, which is sort of in the upper middle range of the scores. It's it's pretty close to the higher end. Um, the, they kind of break it down in general in these three categories. So zero to three is generally considered like a lower to moderate score. Um, and then four to six is kind of the mid range. And then anything above a six is considered a high ACE score. Uh, some of the websites that when you take the quiz, they'll also show you statistics uh, for your score relative to others. Um, and it'll also show you um, like what level of risk you have for certain health conditions. So uh, when you get the, when you go take your quiz and you get these comparisons I'm talking about of your scores, um, right away it becomes really clear that the higher your, your ACE score is, the greater your risk of certain health conditions becomes. And this includes things like mental health conditions, substance use disorders, and chronic diseases like heart disease. It will also show you the difference in impact based on the score range that you fall into. So if you have a zero to three, even though it's the quote lower end of the spectrum of scores, you still have risk for all of these same conditions. It just may not be as high as some of the other scores. When you get to the middle range, which again is a score of four to six, it's more than doubled on all of these different health conditions. And then when you get to a score of higher than six, so basically seven and up, um, the risk triples or doubles. Um, and in some cases, it's a fourfold increase of risk. Uh, so it's very clear that there's an impact and a clear health, a, like a clear connection between health and past traumas and hurts. Um, okay, so the second thing, um, the second thing I want to cover about this is the health impacts of an unhealed trauma and past hurts. So what are some of these impacts of unhealed trauma? How does this happen? 
So when the trauma occurs, there's a physiological effect and a psychological effect. The physiological effects are things like your heart racing, blood pressure goes up, sweating, feeling hot, maybe shaking. Your body just kind of does all these kinds of crazy things on you um, <clears throat> in response to what you're experiencing. And then there's the psychological effects like fear and anxiety, nervousness. You might even cry. Um, it might bring up sorrow just depending on what's happening. And these same things can also happen when we experience uh, things later that remind our brain or our subconscious of that initial traumatic, hurtful, or stressful event. Um, it creates the same response in us later. So this can come in the form of emotional triggers where you're in a situation, you're experiencing something, and you get the same exact uh, responses, and you may be having intense reactions to certain things happening that maybe don't even phase other people around you. Um, but you're having all this, you know, kind of emotional reaction to it. Um, so how do we carry this through our life? Well, we do all kinds of different things. So first of all, we make these associations in our mind with the traumatic events. We draw connections to it to help us avoid similar situations later. So we develop these defense mechanisms um, on a subconscious level. And this can be things like when you hear people say, he's really guarded. Um, that's an example of a defense mechanism where we kind of put this wall up around ourselves emotionally to protect ourselves. It can also be physical things like keeping weight on. So um, your body just, or your body will just put weight on you um, as a way to protect you from some sort of physical harm or a perceived threat that in your ego, it makes sense to do that or in your subconscious mind. We also make adaptations or compensations. So this is things like perfectionism and hyper-independence. I've experienced both of these myself and continue to work through them. Um, I was bullied quite a bit when I was young. Over several years, it was like a daily thing and it was verbal and physical um, from many different angles. Pretty much every group of kids that there was in my schools at the time um, targeted me. It had a very significant impact on me. And so as I got older, I developed things like perfectionism. In my mind, subconsciously, it was like if I was perfect, if I didn't make a mistake, if I looked as perfect as I could, if I kept my weight as low as I could keep it, if I was dressed right, like whatever it was, if there was, if I just made sure there was no room for anyone to pick me apart, then it was like I was safe and nobody could yell at me. Nobody could scream at me. Nobody could criticize me. Um, hyper-independence is another one. I've had a number of relationships in my life where I have been either abandoned or I've been cheated on and I've been lied to, um, and just deeply betrayed and, um, just let down. Um, and these were all really close relationships, very close relationships that, you know, really had a deep emotional wound as a result of these betrayals. In some cases it was family members, um, and in other cases, it was friends or um, ex-relationships. And over time, it turned into hyper-independence, where it's like, I, I won't ask for help. I'm not going to let anyone help me. I don't need anyone or anything. Um, so those are just a couple examples of adaptations or compensations that we can make as a result of these things. 
Um, adopting limiting beliefs is another thing that we do. Um, it's more of a byproduct that happens from these experiences. Um, and I've talked a lot in other episodes and blog posts about limiting beliefs and um, kind of how, you know, what they look like. So um, I won't really get into it much here um, just because I've covered this in some other um, recorded or episodes and uh, posts. Um, but basically, we start to suppress these emotions and we actively suppress the emotions. Um, and that's where you start to see things like these behavioral health conditions, mental health conditions, or behaviors that can become harmful, like cutting as an example. It can be substance use disorders because you don't want to feel the, the bad feelings, so you try to numb them out. Um, we can also develop things like alexithymia, where we just don't know how we feel at all. Like we get so out of touch with our feelings and we're so used to avoiding um, experiencing them that we don't even really know how we feel. And then, of course, emotional triggers, um, which, uh, as I mentioned, I go in depth about in uh, other podcast episodes, if you want to check those out. One of those is uh, called The Seven Steps for Healing Emotional Triggers. Um, so that's a good place to go back to if you want to um, catch that and, and learn more about what those are and some ways that you can heal them. Um, but the bottom line is that we just don't like feeling these negative or bad feelings like anger, fear, sorrow, and so on. So we suppress them. Sometimes we numb them out with drugs or alcohol. We do things to distract ourselves from them. We, we might even lie to ourselves about how we really feel about stuff. We just do whatever we can to avoid feeling these things or processing them. Uh, so they end up getting stored in our bodies because at the end of the day, these feelings are energy. They start as an experience, then we have thoughts about them. As we have thoughts about them, that turns into feelings and feelings are energy and eventually they make their way into, their, into our body. When we suppress them, they end up in different parts of our bodies, depending on the emotion that's involved. And I go quite a bit in depth about this in episode 22, um, energy blocks and how they keep you from what you desire. I also did a blog post um, by the same topic. And in that blog post, I include a, a really nice visual that shows you um, basically by the different energy centers and body parts um, that we have which like health conditions get tied to those certain parts of our body and the dominant negative feeling that is related to that part of the body. And so the last thing I want to talk about is how self-healing can actually improve your health. So by doing some of the inner work and self-healing, you can clear a lot of these feelings and the associated energy of them that is stored in your body thereby reducing your risk for some of these health conditions that are tied to these suppressed emotions. You can also reduce and mitigate risk moving forward by just becoming more aware of your feelings, allowing yourself to feel your feelings and processing and releasing them so you don't end up storing them in the body. The more you do the inner healing work and the more you get attuned to your emotions, you will become um, overall better and you'll get better at releasing these feelings instead of holding on to them. There are a number of things you can do to heal your past traumas and hurts or just improve your awareness and processing of your feelings. 
journaling is one. Uh, there are various resources that you can find to help you with the prompts to work through, you know, for this specific purpose. Identifying and healing emotional triggers is another great practice. I have covered this in depth in episode 14. Um, I mentioned the earlier seven steps for healing emotional triggers. I also have a journal available on Amazon called Growth and Healing Journal that is a great tool for this. The link to that is in the episode description if you want to grab one of those. Um, Practicing self-care, like uh, all the practices around mindset, nutrition, and exercise, a lot of what I talk about in this podcast, a lot of what I talk about on my blog. Um, These are also really great ways to reduce your risk for health conditions. And then the last thing is energy healing. It's another great tool that can help with clearing the sort of energetic imprint of these past traumas and hurts. And it can also help you release these faster without having to sort of relive these events over and over and over again. I know um, in my case, um, I had kind of worked through the journaling. I had worked through a lot of these other inner health um, self-healing practices Um, and I found that a lot of times the same trigger comes up or the same emotion will keep coming up or the same past event. Um, and it gets to a point where it's like, you know, how can I just kind of finally just really like release and let this go and energy healing, um, can really help with that. There's, um, a variety of modalities out there, different types of practitioners, uh, this is one thing that I also offer as a uh, as a private service. If you want to reach out to me at Rochelle at faithfitnessjoy.com, or you can also check out my private Facebook group called Faith by Design, um, and you can con- you can get a hold of me in there if you want to um, if you're interested in that. So that is it for this episode. I hope this has been helpful and increased your understanding of the connection between health and inner healing. That concludes today's episode of Faith, Fitness, Joy. Please share your thoughts in the comments if you find this helpful and you want to continue the pursuit of faith, fitness, and joy with me. Please like and subscribe. You can also find Faith, Fitness, Joy on Facebook and Instagram or check out the website at faithfitnessjoy.com. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to see you in the comments and on the socials. Thank you so much for joining Faith Fitness Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think, so please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you'd like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on Instagram or Facebook. Check out the blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.